My guest this week is Adam Oldfield of Force 24, and we talk about marketing automation strategy and success. Welcome to episode 229 of the Marketing and Finance Podcast. This is the podcast for ideas and inspiration on marketing your business and growing your business and for discussing topics on all things finance. I'm Roger Edwards, a marketing guy and keynote speaker from Edinburgh. Talk to me if you want to cut the BS and the complexity from your marketing strategy. Hello and welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Thank you, as always, for downloading or streaming the show. I really do appreciate you taking the time to plugging me and my guests into your earphones. I hope you've had a great start to 2020. And can I just ask you a quick favour before we get into that interview with Adam? Please leave me a review on iTunes. It really would mean a lot to me and it will help spread the word about the Marketing and Finance Podcast. It only takes about a minute to do. Visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash iTunes, click on the link and leave me a quick review. I'd really appreciate it. So let's get into this week's interview with Adam Oldfield right here on the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Adam, welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Hi, nice to meet you. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for coming on the show, Adam. We've got a lot to talk about, about marketing and about strategy and about tactics and maybe even something about automation. Um, But first of all, where are we Skyping each other from today? Of course, I'm in Edinburgh as always. Yeah, well, I'm I'm in Leeds, sunny Leeds. That's where I went to university a long, long time ago. So I spent three incredibly happy years going up and down Otley Road and stopping in all (laughs) of the pubs and the Hyde Park cinema and all of that stuff. Fantastic. We're going to talk about marketing strategy today, but before we get into that, and before we talk about the company Force 24 that you've put together, that you've launched, give me a little bit of background about yourself, where you came from, how your career developed, where you're going, and basically what makes Adam Oldfield tick. So actually, strangely enough, I went to Leeds University as well um, and studied civil engineering, which has got nothing to do with marketing, (laughs) I appreciate, but it was... It was, it, it was enough of an insight to know that that's not what I want to do. When I left university, this was 1999, there was uh, a bit of a boom occurring. This was, this was post the dot-com bubble burst. Yeah. And this was very much in a time where people were starting to, to land grab again on the internet. And there was an opportunity for me to start working as a web developer, which, which, which I did. And I very quickly formed my own company, my own web development agency. I mean, this was back, I was, I was 20 years old or 21 or so years old. And the industry was so embryonic. Nobody knew what they were talking about. And uh, interestingly, my first ever customer is still a customer today, wow. which, is, which is a real testament, I think, to, to hanging on to good customers. And uh, so, so yeah, I did uh, university, uh, finished that, went, uh, set up a, a web development agency. We operated that for a number of years and it was a great, great time. There was lots of grant funding available. We, we grew quite quickly, which was great for a young kid at the helm, um, scary times. And in 2006, I merged that with a direct marketing agency, also in Leeds. My aim for doing that was to get exposure to a bigger client base, more process, understand what the wider business world was doing and how it worked. Because the only real experience I had was stuff that I'd made up, you know, it's processes that I'd made up and opinions that I'd made on having watched clients do well or not so well or whatever it may be. So, so 2006 saw me merge the business with an with a established marketing firm. We had a great time. 
one of our principal flagship clients at the time was that Thomas Cook, which is obviously quite pertinent at the moment. And it, it gave me an exposure of working in a larger organization, more staff, more processes, bigger demands, bigger overheads, bigger concerns. And that gave me the insight into the industry. So, so in 2009, I was almost 10 years into this, well, I was just over 10 years into my marketing career. And at that time, there was a break uh, offered to me, uh, which I, I sort of welcomely accepted. It was really because I'd seen over the p- past five years, the internet boom, and I'd, I'd watched people start to do things on the internet, and I'd watched requirements start to evolve. And I'd watched people starting to see businesses like, like Amazon or eBay or whatever do things that they couldn't do. And the big frustration that we always had was people wanted to act like Amazon. They wanted to do the things Amazon was doing, but the tools around didn't support it. So in 2010, I formed Force24. Fast forward 10 years later, almost 10 years later, and here we are today. And, and the, the, you know, it started with a very, very simple objective, which was to bring the technology, processes, uh, and insight that was available to the upper echelons at the time to any business that needed to use it, any marketeer's desk. And that is still what we're all about. It's still very much about making sure what the guys that are leading the charge are doing, you have access to. So original objective remains the same. There's been a few twists and turns along the way, but with quite a number of twists and turns along the way, but we still are fairly resolute in what, what we're trying to trying to achieve here we're 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 around we send about 200 million emails a month now um we have around about 3,000 users on our platform all within the uk uh from many different verticals um we 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 don't specifically focus on any particular vertical we're general business application and it gives us now a position where we can look across the top of the actions of millions and millions of consumers and businesses that is a real eye-opening experience um, and, and helps us sort of understand where people are doing things because they've always done that, where people are doing things because they're innovating and it works, where people have failed, where people have done particularly well, average. Uh, and it gives us this view that, that perhaps not many people in the UK certainly have access to. So I think it's really interesting. It's really really exciting where we're sat at the moment. Fantastic insights, obviously, across such wide data points. So Force24, I think you describe it as marketing automation, don't you? So are you offering, you mentioned email, that's one of the things, but presumably all website functionality, um, CRM, is is, is all of that included in what you do? Yeah, so so the term marketing automation has been been sort of bastardized over the years and it means different things to different people but but essentially it's about holding better communications with your customers or prospects and whatever that requires is what we focus on building so while we are actually crm agnostic we pump into or we connect onto pretty much every mainstream crm platform out there Mm -hmm. and we're constantly expanding our reach of connectors we don't want to go into a business's world and just turn it upside down we recognize that a lot of businesses are now quite established with CRM, quite established with our email channel. And actually what we're there to do is try and fix the bits that aren't performing. Uh, and we don't really, you know, in the one bit that we, we tend not to touch and we connect onto is, is CRM. Mm. And that's on account of the fact that we want to be invisible to the sales team. We want to be invisible to the people 
that use our data. So, you know, the conversations that the, you know, we're, we're a marketeer's friend, essentially, um, rather than a sales guy's friend. Although we, we empower sales guys and consultants, we're, we're essentially invisible to them and they just get a better output. Yeah, one of the things that we talked about before we pressed record before was a, an obsession I think both of us have with keeping marketing simple. And we can we can discuss a little bit more about that in a little while. But I just wanted to dig a little bit deeper into this whole issue of data and, and customer understanding. Because I, I always say, I, I do quite a lot of speeches at conferences, and I always say that marketing is a deep, almost obsessive understanding of the customer. And I do get a little bit worried that these days, especially with all these fabulous digital toys that we've got to play with, that a lot of people, a lot of companies, tend to dive into the tactics of communication before they've actually done that customer understanding, before they've done that customer analysis. And they, they don't really know what they end up wanting to talk about. They just get seduced by the shiny toys that are available. Now, you've got... Yeah all this great data available. And that, that's what we need. That's what we need. We need to spot the, the customer's pain points, their needs, if you want to call it that, and develop a product or a service to meet that need that's better and hopefully different than, than everybody else's. Do, do you find that that's still lacking in people's approach to marketing these days? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Although we are, we are a little bit more... I mean, the thing is this... The, the last 10 years have been really exciting for a lot of people and things are different today than, than they were, say, seven or eight years ago. What we do today, the tools we rely on, such as Facebook and Google marketing, these are now commonplace, you know, so, so we've embraced new technology. I think, I think the problem is at the moment is actually I don't think the marketing automation industry has supported the marketeers or supported the clients in a particularly effective way until now. And, and actually, as you, you, you touched on a point a moment ago about the shiny toys, and, and that's, that's the problem. It's, it's the bright lights quite often attract marketeers. And what they've not yet realized, or sorry, not, not realized, is what they perhaps haven't yet done is figured out what do they want. Because, because this is an ever-moving feast and technology is evolving at an amazing rate at the moment, we kind, of, we kind of, as marketeers, lean on the vendors of the software to say, what should I be doing? Mm. And that, that in itself is fine. But ultimately, I'm going to tell you what my platform does is what you should be doing. Yeah. And, and actually, that's not right. Because this is, you know, you talk to, to MailChimp as a product, you know, great, great email marketing product. You know, they, they sell marketing automation. But do, do, do they have a rounded picture of what you should be doing? No. So you are the only one, as the marketeer, as the director, as the owner, as the sales team, whatever, you know what it is that you want to achieve. And try, yes, if the bright lights, you know, open your eyes to other, uh, you know, other areas of innovation, great. But you need to be really focused on what you want to achieve. And this is that point we made earlier on before the call about, about strategy. You know, and it's, it's perhaps we don't call it strategy. Perhaps it's a plan. We just call it a plan. And, and what we do is we actually just say, here's my plan. This is what I want to do. I want to be able to engage with my customers better. You know, at the moment, I, you know, I'm selling to my customers and then I'm hopefully remembering a few months later to send them an email to see how they're getting on or something like that. And these are the areas of weaknesses. It's like address the issues, figure out what those issues are, find out where you're weak in talking to your customers or your prospects. And then that's what you go to the marketing automation vendors with. How are you going to help me with this? And then the automation vendor can show you shiny tools that's going to really knock your socks off, we hope. 
Um, but as long as you go in there with what your objective is, then that's the main thing. You know, just to just to expand on that a little bit more, when you know, quite often in life we, we're sort of buying a new car or whatever it may be. I'm, I I don't know much about cars, so I'm kind of relying on the the sales guy to to tell me why that one's good. But ultimately, I know what I want, and that's to take the kids to school, and that's to take pick them up again, and that's to go away on nice weekends. So I know what I want. So I'm matching my requirements against what the sales guy is telling me. So same applies in marketing. I know what I want to do. Make sure I ask for it and demonstrate how that how 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 marketing automation can make my life easier. This resonates with a lot of the experience that I've had throughout my marketing career as well. I think I remember having a conversation with an agency director. We'd probably had a few beers in the pub, I think, as well, if I remember rightly. And and one of the things that a lot of companies do is they'll go to an agency and they'll say, right, we've got this product and we want you to do an advertising campaign for us, or we want you to build us a website, whatever it might be. Yeah. And the agency says, well, tell us what your strategy is, or, or, or I'll use your word, tell us what your plan is. And they probably haven't really got a plan. And what they're probably looking for is the agency to do the plan as well. And that's exactly. not the way it should be. You right. should say, here's our customer. These are our customer's problems. This is our customer's need, whatever it is. This is our product and how it fixes that problem. And our goal is to sell 10,000 million units or increase our market share to whatever it might be or make X amount of profit. Once you know the customer offer and you know the goal, then you can tell somebody to help you communicate it. But if you don't know that first bit, then you can't get help. And, and that's really what you're saying here. But the world of marketing automation is fantastic. But unless you've done the basics, you've got your plan, you know your customer, you've got your goals, you know what you want to achieve, then they can't help you. They haven't got the complete picture. They haven't got the complete plan. Now, they may well go away and do the communications for you anyway, and it might fail because they haven't got the complete picture. Unless you give them the complete picture, the chances of success are a lot lower than they would be. And to a certain extent, I think that's what you're saying is the same experience you experienced at Force 24, except it's not an agency you're talking about. It's the automation. Correct. Yeah, correct. It's very much, you know, ultimately we're in a, we're in a world where we're here to, to sell our products and all, all, all product, all, all vendors are the same. And, you know, the agency, an agency that if you go and try and brief an agency on, on you know, with substandard information, and try to achieve, uh, I don't know what you'd be trying to achieve, but you know, you, you go into it with, with, without a plan, the agency will take your money. You know, the agencies are big, hungry machines to feed, uh, and they'll take your money and, and they'll do their best. But their best, you know, actually it's down to you to say, this is what I expect and this is what I'm trying to achieve. And, and we, can, we can apply our own empathy to this. So we are all consumers we are all consumers and we receive, we're the recipient of some great marketing and some bad marketing. So we all know more than we recognize that we know in terms of marketing. We know what makes us tick and we know we know what annoys us. So, so actually we can drive these plans a little better than we, we think we can. And it's just about having confidence, you know, confidence to, to, to either try something or, or confidence to know that you know more than you, you realize. Uh, in marketing is is part of the part of the problem part of the challenge right so let's dig a little bit deeper into content marketing most of the business that i get as a marketing consultant and speaker comes from the content that i produce this podcast being one of those items of content and and you've mentioned 
you put together quite a lot of educational material to support what you do at Force 24. And an educational material is content marketing, isn't it? It's answering people's questions, educating them on issues. So, so where does content fit within what you do, Adam? Okay, take it a step back. What is the role of the marketing department? I'm out there and I've been tasked to bring in more business. And I'm going to do that through a content marketing strategy. Okay, brilliant. Well, let's stop saying the word strategy. Content marketing plan. It's easier to, to, to palette. And so, so what is my role as a marketeer? And let me tell you now, this is the big thing that helped me understand a lot more about how I can be more effective as a marketeer. I, as a marketeer, am an educator. I am not a salesperson. Whereas anything that I do, anything that we, we output, anything is always, always 100% about education. Now, education comes in many, many different shapes and sizes. So, for example, educating you might be educating you that I've got a sale on, educating you that I've got a low introductory rate, educating you that um, we've got a new way of using our products. So education isn't necessarily just, you know, going away and talking about boring stuff and trying to make people clever. It's about educating people around a topic that's going to drive value for my business. But that's where it stops. So we don't sell. Emails do not sell. Human beings sell. Sometimes e-commerce websites sell. But that's the one example online that sells. Everything else is about education. It's about, did you know you could do this? Have you thought about this? Have you seen this offer we've got? That kind of thing is, is really important. When I understand that, I can develop content strategies that support my objective. So obviously, in our world, it's really simple. We want more users. We want more customers. So what I'm going to do from my marketing department's perspective is think about great ways that we can really scratch an itch for you and try and educate you as to how you could do things more effectively. So that, that's the first thing. So it's we are there as educators. The second thing is what I often find within, within marketing departments is the prioritization of effort. So quite often in marketing, we tend to see that people aren't doing what we know is best you know, we're not we're not being efficient with our with our content production. We're, um, we're and it's usually because there's too much time involved in a particular step in the chain. So, in order to help that, we've said kill all complexity. You have to find you have to seek out complexity and kill it. Make it simpler. Make it quick. Make it easy. For example, what I mean by that is. It, we know if we want to optimize the results of a marketing campaign, let's say it's I want you to, to download a PDF guide. And at the back of that PDF guide, the sales team are going to have a look at you and perhaps make some phone calls based on the leads of people that downloaded the guide or something like that. Okay, so firstly, I've got the content. What are they going to be downloading? Okay, so that's, that's one thing. The next thing is I've got to build some emails, let's say, or I've got to build some social media posts. And I've got to build some, uh, maybe I'm going to do some paid search. Fine. Yeah. Um, but then what I've got to do is I should be building a landing page to support that content, to say how amazing this content is and why it's worthwhile downloading that. So all channels leading to this, 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 this landing page. But then when we go into marketing, marketing departments, we say, okay, let's have a quick look at your, your content. And they'll dust down some old content from back in the day. Or, uh, you know, it will be really boring white papers or, or something like that. And then we'll say, okay, let's have a look at the emails you've been doing. 
And we look at emails and they are boring. They're boring, they're flat, they're dead, they're really, you know, if Amazon sent you that email, would you engage with it? No way, no way. And then we say, okay, so where are you putting this content for people to download? Oh, well, we put it on our blog. It's like, okay, but understand the basic maths here. You know, if I want, let's imagine I'm pushing 100 people onto you to download this content and they go to a blog. Blogs typically convert at about 2%. So of that 100 people that come to read this blog, to download this PDF, let's say, two people will do it. Mm-hmm. Now, if I moved that to a landing page and built it so that it was beautiful and it really sold the virtues of this of this particular PDF download, on average, 10 to 12 people would do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's simple maths. But then there's a further iteration where you can go, where you can personalize and you can start to be start to use what we call hyper-personalization. I'll come on to that in a different time if you like. But that's that's where we're getting really, really focused on, on you as an individual and saying why the guide is great for you. And that can increase that to 30%. So, okay, let's look at this prioritization of effort. Now, if I'm building an email, in Force 24, we always say, if you're building an email, it should take you no more than five minutes. If it takes you more than five minutes, you've over-engineered it and the audience won't respect it and appreciate it. Okay, so we'll keep it simple. The next thing is, um, we, we do need to build a landing page because I've just demonstrated to you that you know sticking things on a blog converts at two percent, let's say, versus up to thirty percent. So that same hundred people, up to thirty of those people are saying, "Hey, yeah, I'll give you my details. Let me see what you got." That's a massive difference. So it's worth allocating time into building dedicated landing pages. But you know what? If that landing page takes you more than fifteen minutes to build. It's too much, it's too complicated, and it's not good enough. So what I'm saying here is the fact that you know, you've got all of the time to produce these assets. If I can distill the amount of time that I'm spending on the boring stuff, the stuff that I, I, I know I've got to do but I'm not very good at, I can componentize it, I can make it more methodical, I can do it much, much, much quicker. I can spend more time worrying about building great content. Okay, and that is the key. So I watch marketeers and they're spending two hours to build an email. Two hours, half an hour as a, as a minimum typically. So how does it take you to build a landing page? Well, it takes us probably about four or five hours to build a landing page. No way, it's too long, it's too much. Because when you're spending that much time doing these things, you're over-engineering it and you're taking up too much of your day. I wanna reprioritize your day to say, Look, spend all the time in the world creating and cultivating great, informative, educational content, just like this podcast. This is what it's all about. Great content. And then don't work then twice as hard to then spend two hours building an email. No, you should be able to build your emails in five minutes. Again, might take longer to write the right words, but we should be able to build our emails in five minutes because in principle, what are we saying? I'm educating you to the fact that this guide is there. I should be able to do it in 20 words. And if I'm not, why am I waffling on about it? Same for the landing page. It should be simple. It should be effective. And when I do that, what I notice is the fact that, hold on a minute, I'm now the the beneficiary of these 30 leads rather than these, these two leads. And actually, I continue to do and embrace these sort of not modern ways of doing things. This is just the way it's always been because I'm not over-laboring these particular little digital parts of the journey. 
So the, the final part of that is the fact that understanding as a marketeer that when I'm out there and I'm producing this wonderful content, not 100% of the audience is going to engage with it. Just a small percentage of the audience is actually going to take it on board. So I can work with that and I can say, right, okay, well, I know one in six of my commercial emails gets opened. Therefore, shouldn't I be building a journey that that taps on your shoulder six times over the course of the next six weeks, let's say, to tell you about this guide. And that way I've exposed my maximum addressable audience. And that obviously is part of automation. It's about, it's about automating sequences to make sure that you really get the most out of every opportunity, but yet without pissing people off. Because the worst thing in the world is where somebody's clearly not interested and you keep hammering it. And that's, that's when it gets really, really counterproductive. So it's about understanding how I can reprioritize my time to do what people want, and that's great content, and I deliver it in really short, simple, succinct messages through an automation platform that frees me up while for the next six weeks, marketing is going on without me doing anything, and that's massive. So that's, you know, from, from my point of view, content marketing is, is the way forward but understand you're an educator and you cannot compete with the computers. If you're trying to do things on a one-to-one basis to, to people to personalize, automation exists to make things easier for you. Is that resonating with you at all? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And the simplicity thing is just so close to my heart. You know, I've been, I've spent a career fighting against complexity <laughs> and it, it amuses me i still yeah. get i still get those american style emails trying to sell me something that they're about a hundred pages long you know it starts off oh, with this goodness. massive preamble why you why you've got this problem why you've got this problem here's my offer and if you buy it before the end of tomorrow then you'll get six bonus items and if you buy it before the end of today you get 20 bonus items yeah. and here's why you should buy all these bonus items and the, why are they, and you think for the love of god i haven't got time to read the first paragraph, <laughs> let alone a hundred pages. Yeah, so just just touching on that American methodology, do you know what? It's got a it's got a name. It's called pretty ugly. <laughs> and what pretty pretty ugly is is um, it's just that. And, and actually, those those pages that they use. Do you remember the old Ada? Attention, mm. interest, desire, action. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd be doing a direct mail campaign. You'd have your page structured in a certain way, which is attention. There's, I actually did a, I, I actually did a, um, a guide on this a long time ago, and it was actually the, the, the remodeling of that ADA for digital assets. And what these guys are doing is they're doing attention, interest, action, yeah. attention, interaction, attention, and they just repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, all the way down the page. It's pretty ugly, and it's really aggressive, yeah. <laughs> really aggressive. I'm actually a big fan of Ada, and my other favourite one is um, Problem Agitate Solution. But I still think you can do those in two or three lines. You know, one of the things I often yeah. try is, can I do Problem Agitate Solution in a tweet? And of course you can. So if you can do it in a tweet, you can do it in an email. Of course you can. Of course you can. And, and also, don't forget, Roger. This, you know, as marketeers, we we stop. We think about things in isolation, and automation says no. Don't don't think about that. So so I think about things now on a timeline. Okay, so so I, if I've got an educational message, I can say, look, I can afford to to uh, give you the attention. I can split the ADA um, or the problem agitate solution. I can split that over a number of different emails. I take an email as an example, or even tweets. You know, and, and I don't have to all do it on one email because I recognise that 
I've got the luxury of emailing you again next week if you've engaged this with this one or in the next few days or something like that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really simple to, to distill down more and more and more and deliver less content on a better frequency. And a better frequency isn't every hour on the hour. That's just crazy. But again, sometimes as marketeers, we sit there in our ivory tower thinking, oh, I've emailed my customers already this month. Whoa. No, 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 no. This month, forget it. So Microsoft's official recommendation is that if somebody has not opened an email within two weeks, you should delete them from your database. Mm. And that the optimum amount of time that you between each email, sorry, not time between each email, but the optimum frequency is three times a week. Mm. Okay, so this is an ESP giving you this information. Now, that's not for every industry. I get that. You can't do that. But we as marketeers sit in our ivory tower thinking everybody's listening to everything I say, <laughs> and they're not. They're listening to a very small percentage. And let me do a test. Right, I want you... Roger, specifically, think about an email you received yesterday that is not from a friend, not from a business colleague, and not from a person, but from a commercial entity trying to sell you something. And anybody, any of the listeners out there, try the same. You can't remember one. And what does that tell you? That tells you that you commit so little memory power to receiving and reading emails that it's, it's you know, to think that I need to wait a month before talking to you again, then that's... You know, that's not just just not right. Now, you probably remember Groupon probably emailed you or Jet2 or something like that, but you get them every day anyway. So you're kind of used to those ones. The other thing that I always really that I always talk about is, is be more Gordon Ramsay. Um, so so by that, what I mean is do not stand for second best. I have this thing called a squint test, right? And a squint test is where let's say we've built an email and the marketing department want to show me the email. What I do is I put it up on, up on my screen. I sit back in my chair and I squint and look at it. If in that squinted position, relaxed back in my chair, I get it, I understand it, and I'm even a little bit intrigued, then I've done a good job. Now, so that in itself says simplicity is key. That's really important. Because if you're sat back, you certainly can't read any of the text. So let's remember that. Keep it simple makes it more powerful. And, and you know, it, by, by doing that, we, we actually do less work. There's less effort. So the win is at both ends. You know, the marketeer gets a few extra hours back in his or her day and the recipient gets a message that they can actually consume. So it's got to be a powerful thing, right? Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Adam, we agree on so many things. I think we should draw the conversation to a close. And I'm hoping that people listening to the show today might want to get in touch with you, maybe find out a little bit more about Force 24. And that rhymed. I'm a sure. poet and I didn't know it. <laughs> Tell me, what's the best way that people should get in touch with you? Well, go and have a look at our website, force24.com. We've got some in there. We have a content lab, and we've got about 15 guides in there. Some of them are cool. I really am proud of some of our cool. You know, it's never just five great templates for this. Oh, we're not into that. It's cool observations about, you know, what, 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 how we see marketing perhaps slightly differently to the majority. And it's just challenging observations. So go and have a look at force24.com and there's some great stuff on there for you. Fantastic. Adam, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. Great that you're from Leeds, brought back a few memories at the start of this yeah. conversation. Let me wish you every success in the future. And if I do find myself down in Leeds, I'll be delighted to come and find you and maybe have a drink in one of those pubs on the Otley Road. Happy to do that, Roger. Thank you for your time. Appreciate it. 
Thanks for listening to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF for links to the apps and topics and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Simply visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash iTunes and leave a review. I'll catch you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep marketing your business to keep growing your business.